Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. Powered by Greg Fay Insurance. Go to gregfayinsurance.com and get your quote today. Friends, today on the podcast, John Kidwell. Now, John is a dude after my own heart. He is a founder of leadwell.com. Leadwell exists to help mission-driven leaders and organizations integrate purpose, people, and performance to deliver impactful results. They partner with you to deliver research-informed, principled, and practical solutions through expert facilitators and coaches with real-world leadership experience. He's my kind of guy. He's a coach. He wants to help you lead well which is kind of in his name. And I absolutely love his energy, his thoughts, and all the ways that God is working through him. Buckle up for this one. Get your pen out and enjoy this conversation with John Kidwell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have executive coach, author, speaker, he and I are actually living parallel universes, married to his high school sweetheart, same number of kids. He's from Michigan, which is not his best attribute, but now lives in Texas. Everybody, welcome to the podcast, John Kidwell. John, thanks for being here today. You are most welcome, Tony. Thank you for having me coming all the way from the multiverse number 188, right? You and I uh, playing up the parallels there. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing how often doing this work, you find people who are like, we are kind of built the same way. And I just absolutely love that. Now you do so much. I kind of love to start from the macro. Um, okay. How would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? Um, that's a, it's a great question. Uh, I, and as short as possible, and then we can go wherever I would say that uh, God has called me to, uh, equip leaders uh, and to do it in a way that glorifies him. Hmm. Uh, and that that is what I use as kind of uh, my purpose, my marching orders that then uh, I hope and continue to refine and work into all of the different layers of life uh, through my marriage, through my kids, uh, through uh, my volunteerism, and and most definitely inside of uh, the business, right? That that we have, we, meaning my wife and I, uh, have built and that we lead and used to go serve mission-driven organizations and their leaders. And so I start with that, the, um, the gifts and talents that God has given me, uh, like we see in First Peter, we're called to use those to serve one another. Uh, and and so mine, uh, leading, teaching, those are there. So equipping and teaching and doing it in a way that glorifies God uh, is is the start, the foundation, if you will, uh, for the marching orders. <laughs> One of the things that's so interesting about your business is that you love the use the term mission driven. And I'm yeah. curious, how do you when you're you, you get a phone call and they're like, John, we need you to come save our organization or whatever, you know, how these calls go. How do you determine who is mission driven? What does that mean? Uh, so the saying that we couple with that is that a place that does business for something greater than the bottom line. Mm. Uh, and and so that's kind of the tagline that we put with that. And then what we start to look for and really in the discovery process is the big old question, uh, Simon Sinek laid it out for us. Uh, and it usually is the foundational question for all things marketing. And it's usually the foundational question for the behaviors that we do anywhere we do. Why? <laughs> Why do you do the work that you do? 
what's the purpose of the organization? If we can find that, uh, and if if it comes down to, man, we we put in sprinklers and we lay pipe, but it's really so that we can keep people safe in commercial housing. Like wow. if that's the thing that drives them, right? And oftentimes we also find uh, with a high purpose, something where we do this more than at the end of the day, just to say we produced X number of widgets or uh, this percentage of Q3 earnings. Those things are great. Uh, we we also need those things, uh, but if they have an articulated purpose and then values that align with that, that they choose to infuse and lead the organization through, uh, that's what we're looking for when we talk about working with mission-driven organizations. And we want to work with those that have that and also those that say, yeah, we, we're trying, but I don't know that we do have that. And all of us you know, have opportunities to continue to improve and, and tighten up the ship in the shop, if you will. Um, but that, that for us is it, uh, is that doing business for something greater than the bottom line with a clear purpose, infusing the values that they have so that they can lead their people well. Now, over the years, you've done um, a ton of work in nonprofit organizations. You, you've yeah. you've led a lot of things, by all accounts, very successful. This step of faith to your own business, I'm kind of curious how if you would tell us the Genesis story about how you knew it was time to start this this brand new project, which by all accounts as an entrepreneur myself is really scary. Uh, it's extremely frightening and uh, it's made really easy when you get fired. <laughs> now, yeah, as, as my wife would tell me, uh, you didn't get fired, you got laid off. And I say semantics. <laughs> so uh, I got I got laid off. And, um, and it was it was one where it, you're going to get way more than you bid off for. But I hope everyone can come with us because I also think every single one of us has this at some point, uh, a little bit of a wilderness kind of journey or that breaking point where we just are down on our knees crying in the shower or it, there's something that hits us that starts to kind of unravel so much of what we may have been building for ourselves uh, or trying to hold together uh, as best as we can, even though we might be getting ripped apart. And that's where I was. Uh, I had my identity wrapped up very much in my work. Uh, and and that was who I was. And that was how I was. I don't know that uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I could have separated any of those things out for you. Hmm. And so when I say I got fired and laid off, like every single future plan that I had, had that type of work baked into it. Wow. And, uh, and I put a lot of pride and success in being successful in that. Uh, and I didn't feel successful all the time, but it was very much kind of wired into, uh, into that job uh, that I had. And so when all of that went away, I had the great opportunity and challenge of figuring out what, what is there that is core. Uh, and so I knew that I wanted to get into a place where I could do something that was of service. Uh, that's just, that is a part of who I am. If you take any of those personality tests, which I think are great ways that we can become aware of ourselves, uh, social service, kind of compassion, any of those off the charts. I'm enough of a chameleon. I pretty much ride the center line on any of those where I can go flip flop either way. But man, you you tie in something about service, compassion, helping others, and it's just like bloop off the chart. So I knew that was going to be there. Um, but beyond that, I, I truly spent six months 
coming up with, well, I think they're great. I don't know that they're all great, but I think they're fantastic ideas uh, every two or three weeks. And I'd have it all out and we'd have our one page business plan and I'd have vision. And I'd sit there with my wife and we'd talk about these things. And she's like, that's awesome. And then on Monday, I would wake up and it was gone. Wow. It wasn't just gone. Like it was like bitterness in your mouth taste. Like I can't think about these things. Uh, and they were good. Like one of them was going and building an entire business around connecting with 18 to 29 year olds because so many of so much of our life, uh, milestones in life happen between the ages of 20, 18 and 29. And every sort of support and structure is gone. Right. And so it was like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I say this, so somebody else goes and does it because I'm not going to do it, uh, but you need to uh, if you're feeling that. So I say all this to say, I went through that like five or six times. And finally, again, just there's a blue suede chair in the corner. And that was the chair where I was wrestling with God, wrestling with myself, uh, going through counseling, kind of releasing resentment while also trying to work through and figure out like, if I wrote my obituary, what's it say? Right? What do I want this thing to say? What, what? What gifts do I have? What strengths do I have? What talents do I have? What do I keep coming back to? So Christmas Eve, I'm sitting there with my wife. We're having a coffee date uh, and sitting in the car while grandparents are watching kiddos. And you're crying just like most of the last six months had been for me. And she says, what do you want to do? <laughs> Great coaching question when it's time for action, right? Like, what do you <laughs> want to do about it? <laughs> and I said, I want to help leaders be better leaders. And she said, that's a start. And we got about figuring that out. Uh, and we work to fine-tune it every single day. How do you discern God's voice in your life versus all the other opportunities and, you know, the right yeses and the right no's? And how do you lead from um, that kind of perspective of of trying to listen to God while also honoring all the other options? Um. So I, I'm grateful for the practice that started years before, uh, which is uh, a morning time routine uh, where uh, I get up before the rest of my household and I do some exercise most days of the week. Uh, and uh, I can't say that I have perfect attendance, uh, but Bible reading, uh, prayer time, uh, those are staples. Uh, and, and nearly every day, uh, that is what I do to start the day and have been doing it for over a decade. Um, and, and it's not to say, oh, woohoo, like something just to say that, that, that discipline, uh, produces discernment hmm. be because I'm, I'm reading the word of God, I'm praying through it. And then I turn around and I actually got this from somebody else, uh, that it's my pastor. And what he says is pray, plan, proceed. <laughs> and so as I'm doing that, pr pray. And some of it is like, here's what I want to do today. I really want to do this today, make this work today. But I'm praying through whatever might be there. Uh, the big stuff and the little stuff. I have a, a prayer journal uh, with people and with plans and, and all of that stuff. I have a prayer journal and pray through those things and then turn around and immediately plan the day. Uh, and I, I follow a big three system. So what are the big three things that if I get nothing else done today, these are the three things I'm going to do. Uh, and then other stuff falls in there. And then I start walking out. Um, one of the things that I've leaned into a lot lately is um, the voice of other people. Uh, and kind of so that nudging of the spirit or like if somebody comes into my head and I'm like, ooh, if I'm thinking about them, let me not just think like that's a random thought, but I should call or text <laughs> them. 
but also in the reverse, uh, if if two or three people are starting to say something, uh, I try to pick those up as cues, as a little bit of a burning bush, if you will. Well, one of the things I noticed uh, in our working together, uh, like getting this conversation set up and um, that kind of work is that you've got some really great people on your team, right? Matthew and Armin. Amazing. And amazing people. So I, I was kind of curious, just as a leader who's hired some people and surrounded himself with great people, what's the number one characteristic that you look for in somebody that you're bringing on your team? The number one characteristic. Um so I read a book years ago. Uh, I can't remember when it came out or else I would cite exactly when it came out. But uh, it's Patrick Lencioni's The Ideal Team Player. Mm. And uh, he talks about hungry, humble, smart. And as soon as I read that book, it just connected with me. And ever since then, I have been writing those three words down on every every interview questionnaire that I have ever done. Hungry, humble, smart. And do we check the boxes? Uh, and as the book would tell you, we don't always necessarily check all three, but uh, we look for those. And so um, humble is is kind of a no, like if you don't have that no pass and go uh, type of thing, uh, sure. because I, I think pride, I think this because I see it in myself, uh, that pride is a leadership <laughs> weed in the garden and mm. it has to be picked otherwise that just takes over everything uh and and honestly even mission driven it gets in the way of being mission driven because then it's got to be me driven uh and so that humility is probably number one uh, can i do things for something greater than myself but humble hungry smart is a really good recipe and like i said i've been writing that down ever since i read that book which is i think over a decade now i just can't remember where that book came out um Another piece that I think is atypical from where a lot of hiring practices are today is that uh, we go really slow, honestly. Uh, I mean, you you saw Matthew and I engage and uh, there's jokes all the time about us, you know, being brothers or just so close. I mean, I've been working with Matthew in some capacity for 10 years and Armin, I knew as an individual for a uh, year and a half before we started doing anything together. But I knew, and he and I both said, we always want to figure out how to work together. But yeah, we want to get to know the person uh, and make sure some of those character or characteristics are right uh, and then move forward with that. So where a lot of folks are like, oh, we did a 30-minute interview. Let's go. Let's kind of look at the evidence that says people leave in about 30 minutes from an organization too. Uh, and, and our retention and engagement is declining. So if you all are doing that, how might we be able to do something different that produces a different result? One of the things I appreciate about your spirit is that how intentional it is. It it feels like you're always thinking through things. That's why I'm I'm really excited to get in my hands this latest book, this new project, Redefine Your Servant Leadership. I, I you know I'm curious, how did you know it was time to put all this stuff down on paper and and kind of go through that very arduous task of uh, cranking out a book. Yeah. You, you know, right. You, you've done it. Uh, you know exactly what that's like. And, uh, and I knew, I knew that it was time, uh, three years ago because it's the book that I wish I would have had. And then, and then about a year and a half ago, when I started to encounter more and more people 
that were struggling with the same things about servant leadership that I did, just kind of the ambiguity of it, some of the false perceptions and the shoulds. Uh, the shoulds are heavy for yeah. servant leaders. Uh, you should do this. You have to do this. It has to be this way. Uh, it can't be that way. And others started to to share those with me uh, through coaching and and through just bringing up, you know, it's kind of like one of those non-offensive, offensive words of like, oh, I'm a servant leader. And they're like, oh, let me tell you, la, 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 la. Right? <laughs> and so uh, as soon as I started to figure out that what I was feeling was not just a me thing, uh, but it was a we thing, I knew it was time. And the one that really just nailed it in the coffin for me was I was with a, a woman uh, who had a uh, a lot of uh, leadership responsibility uh, in a global not-for-profit. And she said, you know, I don't really identify as a servant leader anymore because, and then she just, it doesn't help me. It keeps me from these things. It means that people are going to judge and perceive me this certain way. And as soon as I heard that combined with all the other evidence, I was like, I got to get this out there. It's time. One, just for me, uh, for being able to put it out there, uh, definitely, uh, if you pick it up, when you pick it up, Tony, you're going to see a lot of my personal story and journey uh, through that entire process that I outlined. Uh, but hopefully it also then helps others uh, to be able to uh, clearly set themselves on some of the best characteristics of servant leadership, uh, what it is to, to do it in a way that influences others positively towards a shared purpose uh, and and then show up in a way that, as I know you enjoy and appreciate, one where I can put a little bit of myself just right over here so that yeah. I can show up and serve you, washing the feet, doing what needs to be done for your benefit, for the benefit of the organization. Uh, and so I'm hoping that's what it is. And it really came out of the book I needed and realizing others were in the same boat. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with John to remind you to sign up for our newsletter. Have you done it yet? Come on, I've been talking about this for weeks. Go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com. Get on the life and leadership newsletter. It really is the best way to stay connected to all the things that are happening at Follow to Lead. As always, our goal is to help you leave an integrated life, a life of integrity, one where faith work and home all work together seamlessly. The Life and Leadership Newsletter comes out every single week, delivered straight to your mailbox. Go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com and sign up today. All right, guys, let's finish up this conversation with John. I'm, I'm always curious um, because the task of writing a book is so tough and it's a lot bigger than most people think. What did you learn about yourself or about God in the process of writing it? Um, I learned about myself. I didn't learn this. It was reinforced uh, that <laughs> that I am not our details individual. Oh, As you said, I have I have wonderful teammates, um, and Matthew being one of those. Um, but there very much came a point where it was like this quotation is supposed to be inside of a period or outside of a period. And did you really mean this word? Or did you? And I'm like, I don't know. There's so many letters. Uh, it's about 45,000 words and I've put them out there and this is the, this is what I got. And so any sort of help with formatting and structure and all of the little itty bitty things that, uh, just aren't my giftedness. Uh, you know what, that is probably the thing that was most reinforced is listen, man, you have some gifts and strengths. You definitely don't have these ones. So get somebody else to help you in that space. <laughs> I, I love it. And I think it's going to help a lot of leaders. And I, I'm super excited because 
And from my experience, and I, I don't know if you are seeing similar trends, but leadership right now is is at an all-time burnout rate, unlike anything I've ever seen before, whether a term that I heard recently is called the great reshuffle, where people mm -hmm. who are great leaders are leaving industries in record numbers to just go do something else, maybe something less stressful, maybe something with more flexibility. How would you describe the character of leaders? Uh, you know, Because you work with companies that are have multiple layers to it, multiple executive teams. You're working with high-level leaders, nonprofit, for-profit, mission-driven leaders specifically. Mm -hmm. What are you noticing about the temperature of leadership in in the leaders you see? Uh, there is a tremendous amount of pressure, uh, internal and external, uh, mm. to to perform, uh, to be perfect <laughs> that especially leaders uh, because so often you are in the spotlight or you perceive you are in the spotlight that there is this seemingly extra examination uh, when whether that's through social media I have no doubt social media has amplified that fire but through culture and just everybody almost standing at the ready to throw rocks <laughs> Uh, for any little slip up, there's a lot of a lot of stress. Uh, and I was talking with somebody else the other day. This is not a full fledged thought at this point, uh, but we were talking about how leading today uh, is essentially taking on the task of low T trauma all the time. Yeah. <laughs> not not big T uh, massive wound trauma, but just low T trauma uh, all the time uh, because of the expectations of people and performance and perception and any other P word that I can work into this alliteration, just there is so much that is there. And, um, and so I think what that creates is a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress. And what I see is that it really is this going all in to the idea that it's lonely at the top Yeah, and whatever your top is, right? If you're the CEO or if you're the department head, or if you're the leader of the team, it's lonely at the top. And I actually, I do, I write about this in the book, but what I realized was that uh, it's wrong. <laughs> that That's a choice. Uh, it is yeah. lonely at the top, but we think that means we don't get people. <laughs> we good. think that's the loneliness. What it really is, is it is reinforcing that we need people because the responsibility is the thing that is in fact lonely. Nobody understands the responsibility you carry, but because it is so heavy, you need people, uh, a team of people who are for you, who are gonna check in on you, who are gonna give you truth, who are gonna encourage you, and who are gonna make sure that you have what you need to be able to lead uh, and to do that well. But I love that idea that responsibility is what is lonely, that we don't have to be lonely. That's a choice. I, I'm sure that there's a leader listening right now who feels so burdened by their responsibility, by the position that they put themselves in. When you sit across from that leader, um, what's the first step that you're going to tell him or her about getting out of that space that feels like they're staring at the edge of burnout? So 
I think the first thing would be, uh, I want to let them know that it's okay if they leave. Hmm. That even in that, they have a choice. That no matter what they choose, I'm still going to be a fan of them. That no matter what they choose, there's still going to be something on the other side. And then almost always quickly turn to, not saying that that's what we have to do, though. And so then try to work with them to uncover what is really going on. Yeah. Is it a story that I'm telling myself about how I have to show up that's leading to this burnout? Am I replacing another piece of life that I don't want to engage in with being here at work? Uh, am, am I kind of stuck in some of the have tos uh, instead of what I might want to do or what I get to do? And trying to figure out what those are and then test them against what's really going on. Is it true that you have to be here 60 hours a week? Is it true that your boss has it out for you? Is it true that whatever it might be? Uh, and if we can figure those things out, right? If there is permission and knowing that you're going to be okay on the other side of this, whatever, whatever it is, if you've got to get out, you got to get out. It's okay. And for so many of us that find ourselves mission-driven and in a serving profession, that feels like quitting. That feels like we're being disloyal. Uh, it feels like perhaps the purpose or the call that I might feel doesn't go with me where I go, um, but it does. Uh, yeah. And that's that's what I found in part of my story earlier is that I always was the leadership guy. That's always what I wanted to do. Mm. I said to figure that out and then pick it up and take it with me uh, for wherever I was going to do that. That calling is can transcend whatever kind of vocation I find myself in. And so giving them that permission, then figuring out what what's at the root of this. And sometimes it comes down to something as simple as, oh, we're just really bad at delegating. Uh, or perhaps, <laughs> perhaps I just need to start having more clear, crucial conversations uh, that are both kind and honest. Uh, and, and if we figure out what that is, try to relieve, you know, some of the the pressure uh, that is what's amplifying that temper ga temperature gauge, if you will. That's uh, very well stated. And um, I think that's going to resonate with a lot of leaders. I always love to ask people who are putting uh, books out into the wilderness. My podcast family loves to pray. And so I'm curious, what is the prayer request that we can walk alongside uh, you and this book that I believe is going to help tons of leaders? How can we pray for you and the book as it all gets out there? Thank you for that. And and I said earlier, right, I want to respond to the spirit and what I'm feeling. And so here, here's, here's what's going on and the prayer that uh, is most powerful. Most often we work with folks that uh, that don't necessarily have a relationship with Jesus, that don't understand some of the things that we are talking about on this podcast. Uh, we're a biblically based, research informed and reality tested organization that that's how we want to approach the work that we do. And uh, the book is written in that same way, where it's written for someone that doesn't have a necessarily Christian or religious grounded upbringing. Hmm. Um, and uh, it continues to build uh, throughout the book, introducing different uh, biblically based ideas, uh, 
instances in and around church in my life, individuals, uh, pastors, and business leader, uh, the Barnharts and Barnhart Crane and Rigging. And if you want to go figure out some of the power and amplification of redefined servant leadership, just go look up Alan and Catherine Barnhart, Barnhart Crane and Rigging, and find any media story you can on them. It's powerful. And I'm going to leave all of the surprise of that to you. But at the very end of the book, uh, I introduce the servant leader who redefined it all. Um, and I introduce folks that may not know about Jesus to some of the things that I learned about Jesus kind of through the last decade of my life and how he might not have been the nice, people-pleasing, naive individual that I thought he was growing up. But in fact, he was bold and he was mission-driven and he loved people always. And that also came with the kind truth and that he was very, very sincere and he was very, very strategic. Some things that don't also always go together with servant leaders. And uh, and I introduce it in a way that they get to know him. Uh, and then there's an opportunity, if they so choose, uh, to talk more about that good news that Jesus uh, brings us and and what he redefined for all of us. And so I think that that somebody's going to find the book uh, that has no idea what we're mm. talking about, and there may be an opportunity for them to learn uh, just a little bit more about the the faith that I have, and many of y'all, if not all of y'all, probably share. That's wonderful. I I love. Uh, that's what I affectionately call a sneaky Jesus, yeah. right? Like it's, we do too. Yeah, sneaky <laughs> Jesus, uh, which is so good and. Uh, okay, I have one more question for you. Um, but before I ask it, I know that the podcast family is one is going to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where do they? Where can they find about your podcast? About um, lead well? About coaching? About all the things? All right. So um, on the webs, uh, the interwebs of of everything, if you will. Um, a lot of it is just found through finding my name on the different platforms. It's John with no H, so J O N. K-I-D-W-E-L-L. Uh, it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then the Leadwell page, L-E-A-D-W-E-L-L, is the handle for all the business stuff. And if you go to leadwell.com, uh, L-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com, uh, you can find everything there. And if you are specifically looking for the book, uh, Google search, enter in the title, redefineyourservantleadership.com and you'll find what you need to find. Awesome. And of course, we'll link to that all in the show notes. And so last question I always love to ask people is an advice question, except I'm going to okay. ask you to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice. However, I get to name the season of life that you're in. Okay. I'm ready. So I want to take you back to the day you were, um, fired to use your term, <laughs> but the day, <laughs> uh, the day you were laid off at the end of that day, if you could go back and sit knee to knee with that younger version of yourself, hold his hand, look him in the eye and give him one piece of advice about the journey he was going to go on. What's the one thing you're telling him? Now go all in faster. Hmm. Uh, I think there was a lot of hesitancy uh, in trying to make sure you do all the things uh, or figure out everything. And even just in, and some folks, you you may experience this too, but when you start a new business, there's this idea that I want to kind of do everything for everybody because 
truth be told, sometimes you got to put money on the table, uh, right? And you got to figure that piece out too. And what I would go back and tell myself, which we've done it pretty, pretty quickly, but I would say, uh, go all in faster, uh, go all in on the th- things that you know you want to do that you think are going to help and serve people, but you're getting in your own way, um, right? So maybe doing a podcast or posting stuff online or making that sales call, but you don't really want to make the sales call because that's one of the things that you know you're good at, but you don't really want to do any of those things, whatever it might be, go all in faster uh, on the good things that you know are needed uh, and that will help people and it'll work out for you. John, such a gift uh, to be with you today and your heart. And I just, um, man, I I love the work that you're doing for mission-driven leaders all over the place. So thank you for being so generous and the time of connection today. Thank you, Tony. This is an absolute pleasure. And y'all, you can do the swap just like Tony and I did. Make sure you check him out on the Leadwell podcast because he has some amazing things that you all need to see. Thank you for doing that, Tony. Thank you for having me on here. It's been a wonderful day with you. I knew you guys would like his energy. What a great guy. I love the way he's talked about dropping things that don't work. I love the way he talked about leaning in and what it means to be mission-driven. And really, he's got so many different options. If you are looking for uh, someone to help your team, he might be the perfect guy for you. Go to his website, leadwell.com. Follow him on Instagram or connect with him on LinkedIn. Let him know that you heard him here on the podcast. As always, guys, it's my privilege to serve you. I'm so thankful to have you part of this community. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to let me know. You know, I'm easy to find at TWMilt on Instagram, Tony Miltenberger, all over the place on the socials. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.